few weeks ago, we started our Easter series called Last Days, centered around this notion of looking at Jesus' last week. And just what can we, in 2019, some 2,000 plus years later, how, how can we grasp that? And so I asked the question, I said, if you knew you only had days to live, how would you live your life? Right? If you knew you were in your last days, how would you live your life? And I would submit to you this morning that you would live your life very intentionally. Right? That the chaos, the clutter, the things that seem to, to take up so much of our time and, and we expend so much of our energy. The psalmist says that all our busy rushing ends in nothing. And so where is my hope? My hope is in you, Lord. So when we started and we kicked off that series, we talked about how that Jesus came on a peaceful mission. Right? We see that because he came riding a donkey. He came riding a colt. That's a sign of peace. He came as he entered on that final Sunday. That was the first day that we looked at. He came, and the way he came was a sign of peace. That he was coming humbly. And the people stood in the streets and they shouted, Hosanna in the highest! They laid down palm branches. They were worshiping the Lord. But the thing that we also saw and that we can even apply to today, y'all, is that there are times in life when there are going to be those that are praising God and then they praise Him on Sunday and then they walk out of church and on, on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, they just live how they want to live. They praise Him on Sunday. They praise Jesus on that last Sunday. And then later that week, the same ones that were praising Him on that Sunday were the same ones that were saying, Crucify Him! Crucify Him! Right? Don't be that person. So we said that Jesus came on a peaceful mission, that he came on a passionate mission, and that he came on a purposeful mission. Why did he come? He came to make right, as we talked about this morning in our question to reflect on. Did God make it to where we can't obey his law? No, but sin entered the world through Adam and Eve, our mother and father, on earth, and and sin has just been rampant since then. Amen. It's inherent. You don't have to teach a child how to sin and how to do bad, do you? No. They instinctively just know how to do bad because there's no one righteous. There's no one perfect. There's no one that can do things that are perfect except the Lord Jesus Christ. And so last week we looked at Jesus. So we looked at Jesus came in on Sunday. On Monday we looked that he went to the temple. And when he got to the temple we saw that he was, he was perturbed. Because they had turned his house from a house of prayer into a den of robbers. The, the people of the church of the temple, they were coming in and saying, Hey, you're from Alkalu? Oh, your money from Alkalu is no good here. you got to have this temple coin. And, then, and, and we got to transfer that. And you know, you, it's going to take two of your Alkalu coins to equal what the temple coin was. And what were they doing? In essence, they were profiting off of those who were coming to worship the Lord. And I submit to you this morning, how often do we get in the way of people worshiping Jesus? Are we putting up barriers to keep them from getting to the Lord? And so today I want us to look at Tuesday. I want us to look at what happened on Tuesday. And as Miss Terry printed the bulletin this week and she asked for the scripture references, if you will, look in your bulletin. And it's a lot. It's a lot. It's there. Use that in your quiet time. And Miss Terry said, oh my goodness, how will we ever get through that? And I said, well, Miss Terry, I think we're just going to read Scripture all day. It's going to be the survival of the fittest to see who can hang to the end. 
Amen. We're, we're just going to go through and we're just going to read God's word. But you know what? Really and truly, when we come in on Sundays and mornings, that's what we really should do. Amen. Because there's power in the Lord's word still. Amen. That it is, it is powerful. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. And it's still changing lives. What Chris Moore has to say will not save you, amen? It is only the shed blood of Jesus. It's only the gospel, which is the good news that we should be sharing. And it comes through the reading and the proclamation of God's word. But it also comes through what? Preaching and teaching God's word. And so today I want us to kind of slow down. And I want us to look at a passage, several um, chunks of scripture. So we're going to be in John chapter 12. So I invite you to take your copy of God's word. Open up to John chapter 12. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John. And we're going to be in John chapter 12. John chapter 12. And we're going to start around verse 20. John chapter 12, verse 20. When you have found your place, how about say amen? All right. So everybody is about where they need to be this morning. How about this? Instead of reading one, uh, reading this all through its entirety, if you're taking notes this morning, I will tell you that we will be in John uh, 12, 20 through the end of that chapter, which is verse 50. So if you're taking notes and you'd like to go back, that's where we'll be. I'm basically going to preach and teach uh, a little bit differently than I have in the past. Uh, we're going to take chunk by chunk as far as the headings that are in my Bible. So we'll be going through 20 through 26, for example, first. We'll read it and then we'll unpack it. But before we do that, let's pray. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you that your word is living and it's active. God, we thank you that it is still changing lives. And so this morning I pray that I might decrease, Lord, that you would increase. Lord, that your Holy Spirit would move freely between these hearts and lives that are here this morning. May you prick their hearts. May you help them to see you more clearly. Lord, help them to see the next step that they need to take in their life and walk with you. But Father, most importantly, we pray that we might find encouragement, that we might find comfort, that we might find hope. But oh God, I pray this morning that for those of us gathered here as well, that we might be challenged by what we see in your word. Lord, you are not through with us yet. You're not through with this church yet, but God, we must continually seek you, seek your presence, and spend time before you in prayer and reading and studying of your word. And so, Father, this morning I pray as your word is read, as your word tells us where it goes forth, it does not return void. And so, Father, we pray that your word would go forth and accomplish what you will in the hearts and lives of these people this morning. For it's in your son's holy and precious name I pray. Amen. So first, we're going to be looking at John chapter 12, 20 through 26. It says, Some Greeks seek Jesus. Now among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. So they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked them, asked him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew, and Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. And Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loses his life, whoever loves his life loses it. And whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. 
For if anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will be my servant also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. So this morning, I want to call your attention to the fact of the first word as I was studying through this passage. And why this passage? I don't really know other than just to say praise God that he led me there. And as I began to read, it was like, wow. You know, we you can go back this weekend. We put it in your bulletin. Go back and read part of that. Maybe read through some of Matthew or pick a book and read through that this coming week. Read through it in the coming weeks. But as I read and I just tried to sit down in John chapter 12 and just say, okay, God, what do you want me to see? One of the first things that I saw was why does John say there were some Greeks? And here's why. Because, listen, Jesus had come and he didn't just come for the Jews, but he was coming for... He was coming for the Greeks. He was coming for the non-Jews. He was coming for the Gentiles. And so here as we see Jesus headed to the cross, listen, he's come for all. And Paul, I mean, John is making that point this morning. He's saying, hey, there were some Greeks that came. Then I want you to look in verse 21. And so so these came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we wish... To see Jesus. Sir, we wish to see Jesus. So I'm going to ask you this morning, are you living a life to where someone would come up to you and say, hey, tell me about this Jesus. Tell me, tell me about Jesus. How, how, do I, how do I get to know him? What, what is this Jesus all about? But can I caution you this? You can't introduce someone to a person you don't know. You can't introduce someone to a person you don't know. If, if I wanted to introduce somebody to Wilbur Jeffcoat, well, first off, I just told you I know a little bit about him, amen? Because I know his name. I didn't just say, hey, the guy back there in the blue shirt, I want, I want to introduce you all to him. No. I know his name. His name's Wilbur Jeffcoat. He was made in the image of God. The Lord knew who he was before the foundation of the earth. He's a photographer and he's darn good at what he does. He captures the beauty of God's creation in people. He took portrait pictures forever and he captured memories. But how do I know that? Well, because of his work. Right? Because I've sat down, I've had lunch with him, I've prayed with him, I've gotten to know him. So I can introduce him to somebody else. It's the same way with Jesus. You're never going to be able to introduce somebody else to Jesus unless you know him yourself. And here's the thing, guys, I want to encourage you this morning, is you don't have to know everything about Jesus to introduce him to somebody else. First off, you're never going to know that, amen? But the thing that you have is if Jesus is your Savior... And you have invited him in your life and you said, Lord, I know, I realize I'm a sinner. Will you please forgive me? Will you come in my life and to help me live a life that's pleasing to you? Then guess what? You, there should be some change in your life. Amen. There should be some valleys that you've walked through that, praise God, the only way that you got through them wasn't because of your grandmama or your granddaddy or your best friend. It's because that you sought Jesus and he saw you through. Now, do you have to have a wild, radical story of how you, you came to salvation to Christ? No, you don't. Some people say, well, my story isn't significant. Yes, it is. Because you're a sinner saved by grace. 
You were destined for hell, but because of the love and the payment that Jesus made on the cross, friends, you're alive. You're more alive now than you've ever been, and you're going to live in eternity. Why? Not because of your good works and because you're a good person and that you don't cuss and that you don't do this and you show up at church and you tithe and you give and you attend Sunday school and you're a church member. None of those things save you. It's only by the shed blood of Jesus. Our sign out front says what? That it was love, not nails, that held or kept Jesus on that cross. That's why you can move forward. That's why you can have hope. It's because of Jesus. But can I also tell you something else I see about this? When we say, sir, we wish to see Jesus. See, I, I see some of us. Right? They saw something different in their life. And so they came to Philip and then Philip went to Andrew. And Andrew and Philip went to Jesus. But can I tell you what's great? We live after the cross. We live after the resurrection. We don't have to have Philip or Andrew or Terry or Wilbur or Jimmy or Linda or Cindy or Chris to get you to Jesus. Amen? All you have to do is just pray and talk to him. Isn't that a beautiful thing? You don't need anybody else to get you to Jesus. Thank God that the faith that we believe in and how we practice our faith is not one that I have to go and sit inside a booth and confess my sins to somebody else. I don't have to do that. I can go directly to the Lord because he says, come boldly before my throne. And can I tell you what I'm seeing as you read through, as you read through Psalms, as you read through scripture, is you know what? God doesn't want our our pleasantries. He doesn't want our rote sayings that we're going to give him all the time. Yeah, you might not come in front of the church and pray those prayers, but when you're laying at bed at night, tell him what's really on your heart and mind. If that person really ticked you off, say, God, I don't like them. They tick me off. You know, I, I don't, I don't like them, but they're made in your image. Help me to love them. But Lord, they make me mad. He can take it. Oh God, you know, some people you put in my life aren't nice. Who will you bless them? No, be real, be raw, man. That's what he wants. He can take it, right? Be real with him. That's what the psalmists were, and that's what God keeps showing me. Man, don't come with him and say, you know, the same old junk that you say all the time or same old thing. I mean, I'm guilty of that. It's hard when you stand up and you pray every week in front of people, amen? I can't really just bear all my sins in front of y'all. True? You don't want to do that. But just go to him. Go to him in prayer. So I'm thankful that... That we see that in scripture. And then in verse 23, we see that Jesus answered them, the hour has come. And what hour is that? That's what Jesus has been preaching and teaching about. That he's headed to an old rugged cross to pay for the penalty of our sins. And he says, listen, the hour has come. What's been talked about, what's been done, but now my focus is on the cross. My focus is making sure in these last days, this is not me, I'm saying this is Jesus. Jesus' last focus in the last days was, listen, i got to impart these things to people. And we're going to see, I don't know that we'll necessarily get to it, but on Thursday, on Jesus' Thursday, that's when they had the Last Supper. Right? And on Easter Sunday, we'll celebrate what's known as communion. Breaking of the bread and wine, which is a symbol. This does not save you. But it's a symbol of what Christ did for us, that his body was broken. And when we break bread and part of communion, that is symbolic of Jesus' body being broken for you. 
The wine, the juice that we use, is representation of Jesus' blood that was shed for you. See, that's the things that are happening here in this last week. Then we get to verse 24. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. I'm like, wait, what? Like, what? I get what he's saying about the, you know, the grain and the wheat, if it falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone, but it, it, when it dies, it bears much fruit. That, that's a picture of what was getting ready to happen with Jesus. I think we have, you know, here, this stained glass right here. That's what, that's Jesus coming out of the tomb. What do we know about Jesus? He was buried in the earth. He was put into the earth, but he conquered death. So this is a picture of what's getting ready to happen on Resurrection Sunday. But then we see in verse 25, for whoever loves his life loses it. And whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. And I'm like, okay, God, you know, thank God that Jesus, sometimes he wasn't very plain. Right? When he taught, he taught in parables. And he taught in such a way to, and, and I'm thankful because even 2,000 years later, I'm like, wait, what? Like, what, what are you saying, God? What, what are you wanting me to see in this? Right? Because he wanted you to, he wanted you to turn over scripture. He wanted you to just kind of have it on rinse and repeat to say, okay, God, what are you showing me in this? And so listen, I take verse 25 that we just shared, and I want to share it in three other passages really, really quickly. And the New Living Translation says, those who love their life in this world will lose it. Those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for eternity. The Amplified Version says, the one who loves his life eventually loses it through death. But the one who hates his life in this world, but listen, and is concerned with pleasing God, will keep it. For life eternal. And then, because of the way I pull it up on my phone, I also read the message, which I read occasionally. I don't necessarily preach from the message. But sometimes the way Eugene Patterson kind of paraphrased and kind of said things, it's like, oh, okay, so listen to this. Listen carefully. unless So he kind of ties a couple of these verses together. So listen carefully. Unless a grain of wheat is buried in the ground, dead to the world, it is never any more than grain of wheat. But if it is buried, it sprouts forth and reproduces itself many times over. In the same way, anyone who holds on to life just as it is, destroys that life. But listen, but if you let go, reckless in your love, you'll have it forever. And it'll be real and eternal. What the, that's what the Lord's saying is, man, don't love the life that you got. But be about making much of Jesus. Be about making much of Jesus in your life. Because look at verse 26. Look at verse 26. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Where I am, there my servant will be also. There I am, 
There my servant will be also. Can I, can I just kind of tell you a couple of things that I wrote down even this morning as I was headed here? Where I am, there my servant will be also. We're to serve God. We're to serve others. And as I thought about this morning, I think about my wife, Kendall. Where I am, there you will be also. Kendall and Kristen. They're there for when young ladies and young women and even middle-aged women find out that they're pregnant and they're scared. They're there to love them with the love of Jesus. They're there to pray with them. They're there to point them to the Lord. They're there to make a difference for Him. Amen. They realize that. For where I am, there my servant will be also. Miss Terry and Miss Cindy. Where I am, there you will be also. Miss Terry and Miss Cindy, once a month they get together, they bake a meal, and they take it to the emergency shelter. Where I am, there you will be also. They're they're giving up something. They're sacrificing their time. They're sacrificing money. They're, 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 They're sacrificing a labor of love to do what? To go and to and to simply serve people a meal. And to say, hey, we just want to remind you that Jesus loves you. That we do too. Because Jesus said, where I am, there you will be also. Miss Linda Parker, I thought about her this morning. She's in the Master Gardeners. Right? Well, what does that have to do with Jesus? Well, yeah, it has everything to do with Jesus. Right? They plant new things. This is a, uh, Easter is a time of, of new birth and new growth. How exciting. What great parallels. But she's also there because the women that she's around, she can plant seeds for Jesus. Amen? She can point at him and say, oh, man, I'm so sorry to hear you know, that your, your loved one passed away. I, I'm going to pray for you. Can I pray for you now? Oh, man, I'm sorry you're going through that. You know? But I love you. It's going to be okay. Look to Jesus. Because Jesus said, where I am, there you will be also. Miss Helen Parker. I'm Miss Helen. I'm Miss Helen Parker. Everybody's trying to make everybody in the Parker family. Parton. Parton. Miss Helen Parton. She goes and she visits our shut-ins. Right? She visits people in the nursing home. She visits people that are homebound, who cannot go to church. Just to show up and say, hey, I hadn't forgotten about you. I love you. You're special to me. What's on your heart? What's on your mind? How have things been going? Oh, you're aching. Oh, I'm aching too. We're in this together. How can I pray for you? Because Jesus said, where I am, there you will be also. Autumn. Miss Linda Kulik's granddaughter. The connect group that she started that meets here at Bible Fellowship Church. She works within the autism realm of our community. And Autumn has a heart and a passion for that, that, that group. For those that are struggling with autism. Why? Because you know why? Because she has a brother that struggles with that. And so she saw through that, that yes, there are struggles and there are, it's not easy and it's rocky. And she wants to be an encourager to other people. She wants to remind people, hey, you're not alone. I want to help you. What resources do you need? So she started that group and she loves those people and she's embedded in in that community. Why? Because she wants 
Jesus to be exalted. She wants to remind them. She wants, she knows they're not going to church. Why aren't they going to church? Because they don't feel like there's a place for them to fit in. Right? They're, they're, most people, oh, your kid's disruptive. No, it's autism. Jesus loves that child just as much as he loves you. Amen? And so praise God for people like Autumn, who, who the Lord just says, Autumn, I, I need you to go over here and I need you to do this. And, 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 she, and they show up and say, yes, sir. Wherever you lead, I'll go. Because Jesus said, for where I am, there will be my servant also. Mr. Wilbur Jeffcoat. He teaches and, and preaches on Sunday nights. He, he's involved in the Civil Air Patrol. Why? That's an interest of his. Right? But he's trying to help young men and young boys. And he's trying to point them towards the Lord, but he's trying to help them along. He's trying to invest in their lives. Why? Because somebody invested in his. Because Jesus said, where I am, there my servant will be also. Y'all, our church, our church is a whole Bible fellowship as a community. Jesus said, where I am, my servants, my servants, let's pluralize that, will be also, my church will be also. What did we do? We went and we blessed the teachers and all, all the staff, not just the teachers, all the staff at Crossville Drive Elementary School. We gave them a gift. We wrote them handwritten cards. We prayed for them. The first day of school, we took them cupcakes just to say, hey, thank you for what you do. Why? Because they mattered to the Lord. They mattered to us. We, we gave money. We, we gave assets. We gave tools. We gave supplies. Jimmy Parker's company gave money to send to Conway. They went through a flood. Those people were hurting. Right? They needed someone to show up and say, hey, it's going to be okay. You're flooded out of your house and you lost some of your memories, but this is just temporal. This is just hay and stubble. You need to be looking to Jesus. And so we gave because Jesus says, for where I am, my servant will be also. So I want to ask you this morning, I want to ask you this morning, where is it that Jesus needs you? Where is it that you need to show up and be the light of Christ? Where is it that you need to show up and hold a hand? Where is it that you need to show up and, man, when you hear something, it's like, oh, that's, I need to take that to Jesus. Maybe you just say, hey, I don't know if you pray or not. Can, can I pray with you real quick? Man, that's a, that's a need. I can't meet that. I, man, I don't know how that's going to be met, but I know a man who can Amen. So let's go. Let's 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 just pray to the Lord. You don't have to pray some long, elegant prayer. Maybe it's someone, and you just say, "Lord, I, Lord, I, their wife is going through something I, I don't understand. I can't heal her. I can't help her. But Lord, I know you can. Be with her. Guide her and direct her. Be, may your peace and presence be felt. Amen. That's all it takes, right? You're pointing other people to Jesus. I didn't get very far, did I? (laughs) 
I'll close with this thought. Verse 42. Verse 42. Nevertheless, many, even the authorities, believed in him. But for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it. For they would not, so that they would not be put out of the synagogue. Verse 43. For they loved the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes for God. They believed, but they wouldn't confess it. Even the devil believes. Even the devil's army believes. But they didn't confess who he was, who Jesus was. Scripture tells us why. Because they love the glory. They love the praise that came from man more than the praise that comes from God. So again, I ask you this morning, where is it that Jesus needs you? Will you pray and ask him about that? Will you, will you go into your day, will you go into this week and just say, okay, okay, Lord, I don't know where you need me, but will you give me open eyes and open ears, open heart and open mind so that when an opportunity presents itself, I know it's from you. And friends, you might have to do just like I do sometimes. When opportunity presents itself, you just have to take a deep breath and say a prayer. Say, God, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. Give me strength. Give me the words to say. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for this morning. Lord, thank you that one thing you're teaching me is that uh, we don't have to rush through your word. We don't have to rush through just because you showed me all these wonderful things. I don't have to try to make it known in one Sunday in just a few minutes. And so, Father, I pray this morning for these, your people. You've pricked their heart. Lord, you pricked Autumn's heart. Pricked Linda's heart. Helen. Cindy, Terry, Wilbur, Kendall. Lord, you pricked their hearts and said, go and and enjoy this, but be my hands and be my feet. Show my love. Show compassion and understanding. And point others to me. So, Father, I pray this morning for the next step. We all have one. Father, as we sing this hymn of invitation, I pray that you'd help us realize what that next step is. Lord, that we would uh, confess that to you. That we'd have a conversation with our spouse, with, with a close friend. Or maybe we'd just pick up and text our Sunday school teacher, our pastor, and say, I feel like the Lord is calling me to do this. And simply have a conversation and pray with one another. Father, have your way in this time. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.